What's up, Garbage Time fam? This is Rodney E coming at you live from the Garbage Time HQ in Melbourne, Australia. We are back. We are coming back for the playoffs. Now, I have to apologize firstly from myself. Deepest apologies to our audience over the last few months. Things have been a bit rocky around here. Sorting things out for myself personally, getting back into full-time refereeing, all that kind of stuff uh, has derailed the podcast a little bit. But I can assure you, me and the Oracle and Matt are still fully committed to putting out new episodes of the Garbage Time Basketball Podcast that is going full throttle into the playoffs for the 2022 season. So this episode is one from the archives. I'm calling it a season rewind episode. We're going back to mid-December in 2021. So enjoy and we'll see you very soon on all the podcast apps with brand new episodes talking the upcoming NBA playoffs. So uh, enjoy the episode guys and we'll see you soon. Welcome everyone and only basketball. Get it right, Kent. All right, welcome everyone to the Garbage Time Basketball Podcast. I'm Rodney E. I am the point guard here. I call the shots. And across for me on the other side of the internet is the Oracle Frank. How are you, mate? How you doing, Rod? I am the Oracle. I am the Orange Boy. I am the Janitor. You know that character Bubbles from uh, uh, Trailer Park Boys? No, nah, I've never seen it. Oh, I was going to say you're like a um, you're like a magical version of him that knows the future. <laughs> I'm the oil <laughs> that keeps the fucking engine running. Fuck yeah! You make it uh, run like a smooth machine, Oracle. Yeah, it's awesome every week, but. Uh, we're unfortunately not joined by Matt this week. He, I believe, saw the ice break truck, and last I saw, he was sprinting off after it down, uh, I believe, the Nepean Highway. Last I heard, that's where he was. Have you heard anything about Matt Oracle? Or? I think he's hijacked that truck and fucking he's taken it to the airport and gone to America again. He's 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 hijacked the truck and he's he's. Driving it down to the PN Highway OJ style with the uh, TV helicopters following him and shit. Yeah, I think I saw footage of him throwing the fucking empty ice break fucking bottles at the helicopter. It's just a line of empty ice break cartons being I think flung out the side of the driver's side of the truck. Yeah, they're all just you know fucking going. All right, this fucking this can't fucking. Going nuts. Let's just just follow the trail and see where it goes. And it's led him straight to the airport. And apparently, he's gone to Boston. That's right. That's right. Boston uh, didn't he? He answered the call, didn't he? He uh, they they put a call out. I I heard across the, uh, the 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 basketball Twitter there, looking for a new net technician. Uh, we've heard that Matt has put his hand up and uh, has fled the the convoy of of media and police, um, and has managed to escape to 
to Boston where he uh, is looking to become the new neck technician there. So all the best to Matt on his new career choice. Um, we'd certainly love to have him back here, but, uh, you know, that neck technician job, you have to be some sort of like uh, Bear Grylls type character of, of basketball courts, wouldn't you, to survive that job? Oh, for sure. And, you know, I, I can see him doing that. Uh, you know, his other run at, you know, Homeless Jones that I've seen on, on uh, some of his YouTube clips. He's got the he's got the know-how on how to survive the world out there. And, yeah, and he's, uh, certainly, he's certainly got the right mentality anyway. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. yeah, we wish him all the best. Good luck, Matt. Uh, you know, there's always a, always a job here for you, mate, whenever, uh, if something doesn't work out over there. So uh, He'll fall on his ass. He'll, he'll come crawling back, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. So let's, uh, let's get on with some basketball talk. Should we, uh, Oracle? Let's do it. I saw a pretty pretty crazy finish to the old uh, OKC Thunder and New Orleans Pelicans game today. I was only really watching because of Josh Giddy, but uh, pretty interesting finish there. You managed to see what happened? Uh, today, often I thought I'll watch some games and I saw the list and nothing that really stuck out. You said you actually you sent a message to me. Goes, is there any good games? And I'm like, uh, maybe Denver, Minnesota. I guess that might be good. But I was looking at them and. Soon, the lineups and just going, geez, are any of these games going to be good at all? But um, we were blessed in the end, weren't we? That we were. There was a couple of good finishes today. Yeah, it wasn't the only good finish, but it, it was the best one. You want to you want to talk about what happened there? Or? The last couple of minutes, I thought I saw the scores. I thought, yep, I'll flick it over to to uh, OKC and the Pelicans game. And Pelicans had had had. had Valanciunas and Ingram. The rest of the team, no Zion, of course. They're they're a pretty depleted. Team, I don't think Alvin Gentry was even there. I think he, there was someone standing in for him. Not that he coaches them anymore, because he doesn't. Uh, <laughs> he coaches Sacramento. <laughs> they, were, they were pretty uh, short-handed anyway. The Pelicans, OKC were without Dort, so there was no Dort, unfortunately, for the Thunder either. Shea and 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 Joshua in the lineup, and I don't know. I just for some reason I just thought I haven't watched a. Full game of Josh Giddy, so I'll, I'll watch that one. He should get a pretty good opportunity to do his thing. And, you know, he had a few turnovers, but he, he was pretty good again. But but mainly, we're mainly talking about this this game because of the ending. So it basically, it came down to OKC with three down, right? With They were three down with a couple of seconds left. It was less than f- about five seconds or something. Five and a half seconds, I think they had. It was their ball, their possession, and yeah, so the ball came in, and Shaq got the ball, and the three pointer he made, he was sort of he was off balanced and just didn't look like a good shot at all. But it went in. Both teams were out of timeouts, and OKC were were three down. Dribbles to his right, the defense runs at him because they're trying to foul him. Yeah, they they trying to, they want to foul him so he doesn't get a three point shot up. They don't want to give him a chance to tie it. And he gets free. And he's dribbling right, and he just sort of turned on one foot and flings it up from his hip. It was it was an unbelievable and, shot. Bang, goes in. But there's still, and everyone thinks, oh, yeah, overtime. No timeouts, remember. The ball gets passed in to Devontae Graham, and then you take it from there, Frank. You describe what happened there. They actually played defense on him and tried to, you know, get a hand up and that, and he, it, was a, it was a 70-foot shot, and bang. Someone run it at him, both hands up, you know, obviously not trying to foul, but putting pressure on the shot. Like, they didn't want to just give him an open fling at it. <laughs> he shot it from 70 feet. As the buzzer sounds, bang, bang, that goes in too. That was, uh, you know, a game-winning shot like that that far away. It was 25 years in the making. So it happened 25 years ago. 
But that's almost a once-in-a-lifetime finish to a game. I can't imagine. I can't think of another game I've seen that's ended like that. Can't remember anything like that. But, you know, they're, they're the things you dream about as you're a kid. You know, you want to hit that shot in the end to win the game. And the further away from the basket you are, it kind of the better, right? Well, yeah. And the, the reactions of, you know, the OKC players are just in shock and like, did that f- does that fucking count? What's going on? And yeah, sure it, enough. They went and checked it. He got it off well before clock expired and they were just stunned, I think. They just went pale. And, well, Josh is pretty pale already. Just was sort of just standing there looking a bit lost. Obviously, they thought they'd tied it up and they were going to play another five minutes, but no. Nah. Devontae Graham was like, nah, I've got a good look here. 70 feet, boom. <laughs> and this is what makes the game fucking great because it's not finished until that fucking final buzzer goes off because shit like that can fucking happen. Always a chance to happen, but not a big chance. And I just felt a bit lucky today actually sitting there watching it. I was literally going to get up and walk out of the room going, oh, it's, well, it's overtime, you know, another five minutes. Got time to go take a shit or something. <laughs> but nah, as I'm sort of walking out, I go, oh, now they got a little bit more time here. I'm sort of looking over my shoulder, walking out of the room. I see him fling it up and, and that goes in and just everyone goes, oh, like this. And I was just, I literally lost my balance, man. I literally just went, I shouted out loud and just was balancing on one foot for some reason. I don't know what the hell was going on. I was leaning back on my computer chair. I was on my computer watching it. Yeah, I'm just sort of leaning back and it fucking happened. And I've just yelled out, get fucked as loud as I could. And my arms just flying up in the air. like thinking, you know, what the, f- what the fuck? I was like, you saw my reaction in the chair. I was like, get fucked. Like, what, what just fucking happened? And your girlfriend's like, well, what the hell did I do, Frank? Jeez. <laughs> and you're like, oh, not you. Freaking game here. Anyway, fucking amazing finish there today. That's why you stick around in some of those close games, even if they're bottom feeder type teams. Uh, a lot of these young guys, they're, they're out there playing for all sorts of reasons. And especially with COVID and shit, man, taking so many people out of, of teams. Dudes are getting call-ups out of the G League and shit. Never know. Isaiah Thomas is running around the G League, isn't he? That he did. He got signed up. And, uh, yeah, first game back, he got 42 points, eight assists, six rebounds. He shot extremely well. He was 16 to 30. So, you know, he, he's putting his hand up saying, all right, who wants to sign me? I can still play. Clearly, he can still shoot. Has he got the athleticism? Has he got the ability to move like he used to? Probably not. Um, but he's still small and quick. So you never know. I wouldn't count it out that he gets a gets a shot with someone. I mean, COVID's just ripping through the NBA at the moment. It is. Uh, you know, he could he could be he could be a solid backup. Just you know, he just needs a, a few more games underneath him just to get his uh, get his rust away. Which although it didn't really show it in this game, but still, you want to give him a few games just to see how it pans out and see if you know he's worthy to be signed again. Hopefully, it'd be better than the Cavaliers version. No, it wasn't. He's, yeah. I mean, after that injury he had at Boston, he just wasn't him, himself again. Look, it's still questionable for me. I would have to see him do it on an NBA court to believe that. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, shout out to IT anyway. Hopefully, he can make a roster. There's got to be an opportunity for him, at least one opportunity for him somewhere. Just even a couple of 10-day contracts just to see how he goes. Well, uh, the Nets don't have anyone at the moment. Yeah, Nets or Bulls, fuck. Bulls have been hit hard. Who knows who's... What team's next, you know? What about Stephen Curry? He's pretty good. He's all right, eh? Oh, I guess you could say he's changed the game. Yeah, yeah. You could say that. 
you know, slightly <laughs> slightly iconic. I mean, yeah, well. people questioned that draft pick by the Warriors early on because he had pretty bad ankles for a few years. He wasn't, you know, he was struggling with that for a couple of years. There were questions over whether he was even going to be, uh, you know, a starter in the NBA early on. And they stopped the game. Once he hit the shot against, uh, I think Alec Burks was flying at him, and he, and he's uh, he's hit the shot there. Ray Allen was in the building wearing a looking especially like a, a university lecturer with his turtleneck on and tweed jacket. <laughs> Gave him a big hug. Yeah, but uh, I didn't actually see it. Though, Frank, did you actually see the moment? I actually flicked over to the game. Just after they restarted the game. No, I was I was at work, but uh, you know, as soon as he he did it, a couple of minutes later, it was all over social media. So you know, I watched it on that briefly, and yeah, that was it. But uh, that was that was still a good shot. I mean, just his quick release. Everyone knows how quick it is, and you see how it is. But that was a really good shot. It- I still remember that shot he hit against OKC to end them in the conference finals from about thirty five feet away. You remember that one, Frank? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that just. I'll never forget that shot. Everyone's just like, what? Oh, fuck. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. He can fucking hit that shot. Yeah. That's what he does. Forgot. Why did I forget that? He was pick number seven. The teams that passed up on him, they'd be spewing their guts up right now. Yeah, the drafts called a lottery for a reason. You never know who's going to pop. But it was pretty clear Curry had, let's say, distinctive ability to hit the three when he came into the league. But the game is legit played differently now squarely because of him. And I would I would say that the other guys who shoot long threes as well, Steph has also influenced those guys to implement that into their game so they can be a similar type threat. But I don't think anyone is the same sort of threat as Steph Curry is. Yeah, I, I mean, you can talk about Lillard, but he doesn't do it consistently. He's very, like, Lillard's very streaky and he can get it going, but um, he doesn't do it, you know, night in and night out. Think about this. Did Damian Lillard start doing that before we saw Stephen Curry being effective with it? No, I don't I don't remember that saying that. Other guys changed their game to try to compete at the same level as him. But the truth is, I don't think anyone is. He is the greatest shooter of all time. I mean if he's, so he's a legend. He's he's gonna be in the Hall of Fame. He's a legend. He's the all time leader in three point makes now. I mean, he's he's still got another good five years in him if he can stay healthy. So he could hit the 4,000 mark. Okay. All right, Oracle, you've done it now. So how many threes will Curry have at the end of his career? Try and predict it to the nearest, say, 100. Shut up. Uh, I... <laughs> you hear um, it come through the background there? Fucking this. Shut yeah, up. Yeah. <laughs> you fucking idiot. <laughs> fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I love those birds. Don't don't get me wrong. I, I really do love them. I'm gonna say he'll be. I'm gonna say four thousand one hundred and sixty-seven. Oh, okay. So yeah. Okay. Go go four one six seven. Okay. Because once you do these podcasts, Oracle people go back and dig out the little audio bite of what you said. Yeah. Especially if it's way off, because they love to prove people like us wrong. I heard. Oh, who was I? I was listening to someone else speculate about it, and they were saying that 5,000 is possible. Depends how much the league changes in the latter stages of his career. Curry could be playing until he's 39, 40. 
right? If he's just bombing away, if he's just getting subbed in for 20 minutes to stand in the corner and hit threes. Yeah, yeah. Can he, I mean, can he get 5,000? You, you're saying he's no chance. You reckon it's going to be more like 4,200. That would mean so many, how many how many seasons he got left? Maybe six, seven, eight. Let's say eight at the most, right? That would put him in about 39. So eight seasons. Let's say he plays 50 or 60 games of each season, 480 games. He hits four threes a game on average over those 480 games. I'm not going to do that, so I'm not going to do it. But uh, as a conservative estimate, I think you've got a chance at, at being pretty accurate with, with that estimate. Obviously, a lot of people probably overshooting it now. They're just thinking he's the greatest shooter of all time. He's going to keep hitting five threes a game for the rest of his career. Yeah, not necessarily. Not when everyone knows how much of a threat he is. The thing about Curry is, man, he finds ways to get around multiple defenders and get a shot off. He fights through screens really well. He's not that big either. Like, No. What's he supposed he, to be? He's listed at what? 6'2"? I'm going to say 6'2". The thing about Steph Curry, he doesn't stop moving on court as well, so he's always looking to grab the ball, running around through back screens and, and you know, just trying to get the ball. doesn't matter where he is, but, but uh, he just he wants the ball. He wants to shoot it, so he's not going to stand around on one spot just waiting for it. He moves around and, you know, he gets the ball and he's got one foot of space. That's way too much room for him and he's going to shoot it. Over a career to date, 789 games, Curry's hit 43% from three and he's sitting at 2795 or something now, right? He's a couple past the all-time record. Ray Allen. Ray Allen had... Two seven nine three or something, I think. Yeah, and he, uh, Ray Allen played what thirteen hundred games. That's right, and Curry's got there in seven hundred eighty nine, so over five hundred plus games quicker than Ray Allen. Is he at his peak? Fucker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is Curry at his peak as well? Is he? That's the other thing as well. Like uh, his other seasons, he's hit over two hundred, and then you know, the last couple of well seasons, he's hit four hundred plus. He's born March fourteen. 1988. So he's 33 and 277 days now. Yeah. Eight more seasons. That's ambitious for Curry. I think so. Yeah. I think it's more like five to six max. That's He plays five, six more seasons. Let's just hope he stays healthy and he's just another shit. The other thing is he's got up a lot of shots this year and for whatever games last year because no play either. They've had, they've needed him to take an increased amount of threes. So impressive. He's absolutely the best three-point shooter I've ever seen. I yeah I, I mean I liked I, I used to like I used to like Chuck Person I thought he was yeah. a good three point shooter and and it, you know Larry Legend of course but not he didn't have this anywhere near the volume of threes that Curry has no and, uh, and you know that was the game back then it wasn't too many threes I mean uh, I used to love watching Drazen Petrovic play he's oh. he had an awesome jump a, shot too he, he was a fucking gun he had a quick release too so yeah yeah a bit a bit similar to how Curry played the game. And I think, you know, if he played in the league today, he'd carve up league too because, yeah, yeah he's, he's released. But, uh, but yeah, that, all right. yeah, that was just a game back then. So, you know, he was different. Stephen Curry, confirmed legend, best three-point shooter of all time. Warriors <laughs> should be okay. They should be okay with, with Steph uh, continuing to bomb away and extend the lead that he has over every other single person who's played in the NBA from the three-point yeah. And Clay, you know, maybe the next time we record, Clay might be back. I heard Clay's scheduled for Christmas Day. Okay. That's that's what I've heard. They're aiming at Christmas Day anyway. I'm not sure who they play, but Merry fucking Christmas. They got, they got oh, oh, the Painted Suns. Okay, yeah. That'd be pretty good. The burning question.
All right, let's talk about – I just want to talk a little bit about the film session Celtics because the Celtics played Milwaukee, and this is prior to Giannis being diagnosed positive with COVID. Um, so he's out at the moment, but he was in this game versus the Celtics. Uh, very impressive win by the Celtics. Noticeably different game style. Ball was moving. Players were moving, not just standing still. There was the the extra pass was being thrown. When it started to go bad, they didn't abandon ship. They stuck with it and kept going, even though there was an in- inevitable run by Giannis and, and the Bucks uh, in this game. But the Celtics ended up getting a good win. Now, the point of that, Talking about that game isn't the game itself. It is what happened prior to the game. Reportedly, what happened was Udoka and the coaching staff at Boston held a very intense, very long film session with the team, with all the players. Everyone was said to brace themselves before they went in. It was going to be a very long session. Everyone was going to be scrutinized heavily. Apparently, what was done was... They put together a cut of all the worst plays, uh, you know, turnovers, live ball turnovers and things like that, missed defensive assignments, things like that, all in a big supercut of the last five games that Boston had played prior to the Bucks game uh, where they went one and four. Um, and this included plays from the game they won against the Blazers. Now, they, they won that game against the Blazers quite easily, but that was mainly to, due to Portland playing badly, not Boston. Things just... You know, shots just went in. They didn't necessarily play that well uh, a way that would consistently win games for them. They put together this video. Everyone was made accountable during the session and had to answer for themselves. You know, none of the details of what what was said or who it was said to were leaked at all or anything. It was all kept in-house. But obviously the Celtics were noticeably different when they came out against Milwaukee. I'm not sure whether you caught any of the game, Frank, but, I mean, in every episode of, of this podcast, I've talked about the Celtics in a in quite a negative fashion because they have been extremely disappointing. What they showed in that game was that they're not necessarily as bad as they appear most of the time. They can decide to play this way, which would be conducive to winning basketball. But it's clearly a decision not to do that for whatever reason. So once the coaching staff basically ripped shreds off everyone, they came out and played a different way and got a good win. For me personally, it's one game that I've seen them play that way and play it well and beat a decent team. I need to see the rest of the season play out that way. Even in losses, I need to see them persist with the quicker ball movement style of play and getting away from all these ISO plays at the top of the key, which are just, it's, the game looks like shit when everyone's just standing around waiting for a guy to dribble around a screen and shoot a three or whatever. That's not going to work, and the coaching staff had every right to do this. They've got their own style they want to bring in, and look, you know, they said, this is what you guys need to do. This is what you guys aren't doing. These are the things you're doing wrong. This is what we need to do, and fucking, and you won against the fucking Bucks. Well, yeah, surprise, surprise, they get a decent win. Yeah. When they play that way against a good team. So what was interesting was what Ime Yudoka said post the Bucks game as well when he was obviously asked some sort of question as as to what he thought the difference maker was in their game, you know, in the way they played against Milwaukee. And basically what Imei Udoka said, now I don't have the quote in front of me, so I'm paraphrasing, but he singled out a couple of guys, and I think you might know who I'm talking about here. And they said, and he said, you guys are too friendly with the opposition. You know, not he's not talking about outside the game, off-court stuff. He's talking about on the court when they're actually playing. He goes, you guys are too nice and you pay too much respect to the opposition. Nobody should be coming through the lane without getting body checked, 
prevented from hitting an easy shot in the lane. And he's 100% right. It shouldn't be like that. He's laid down the law to these guys. And, like, it wasn't – he didn't name anyone. But we're talking about Jalen and Jason here. We're talking about Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. These guys are soft. They don't play hard on the defensive end. They let guys through constantly, trying not to even touch him. For me, that comes from a, a lack of understanding of the rules as well. If you know the rules, you know how to play defense where you can allow for contact, but as long as you're not the guy initiating it, all sorts of contact can occur and it's not a foul. Yeah. He singled him out and he said, you guys are soft, basically. You don't play hard defense, and if you don't start doing it, I'm blowing it up. Or you guys are not going to be able to continue playing together if you're going to play like that. You want to get wins and you want to be a good team, this is what I need to see. And they were a lot more physical defensively with the Bucks during that game. You know, they weren't afraid to overplay a bit and foul the guys in the half court because I reckon that the law was laid down. Hidoka was was just like, you guys start playing hard or you're done. And, and that's how it should be. And, and what it comes up straight in my mind when, you know, what I've just heard from you is it's the fucking all-star game. They're all fucking too friendly and there's no competition there. There's no rivalries. No one plays fucking defense. And it's a fucking... I haven't watched the All-Star game for a couple of years because it's fuck, it's boring as hell because it's all... No one cares. And those sort of friendships, that carries on to the court into the regular season as well. And just as you were saying, they're just too friendly on court. Well, it's it might be something that's been drawn to their attention via a coach who is not going to sugarcoat anything with them. He's going to tell them what they need to hear. That was what was lacking with the Brad Stevens approach. Brad Stevens is very level-headed, doesn't get emotionally high or low too much. He's very sort of in the middle all the time. And I often felt like he might have been holding things back from some of these guys because he didn't want to risk getting them offside. You know, he had to keep them onside so that they were all good in the locker room. I think Udoka's got a much different approach. He's not afraid to tell these guys exactly what he thinks of the way they're playing, despite their reputation. Yeah, some of these fucking divas need to grow some fucking balls. They have to realise you have to make contact with guys, yep. especially especially off the ball. When you're playing off-ball defence, like you're checking your guy who hasn't got the ball, who's looking to get it or set the screen elsewhere or something, you got to physically check these guys. They just let them run around, just walk to whatever spot they want. I think a lot of teams come in and play the Celtics and they think to themselves, oh, well, at least we'll be able to just walk straight in the lane. These guys don't make contact. So if we just play hard at the basket, you know, we'll knock these guys over easily. And that's happened. Plenty of times. And it's sometimes refreshing, so refreshing to watch an NBL game because they play hard and they play good D. Guys, Eliuk to Copeland! You know what? That was brilliant, Frank, because I don't even need a segue now. I can just go straight into the NBL and talk about yeah. <laughs> Because it, it is a different game, so you're absolutely right. And anyone who hasn't watched the Australian League basketball, the National Basketball League, NBL, it's a noticeable difference straight away in the way defense is played. And I think our refs do a, a really good job for the most part in keeping a lid on things and not letting things get out of control because there was a bit of a scenario. The Southeast Melbourne Phoenix played the crosstown rival Melbourne United in round two of the NBL last week. And it was a close game, good physical game. Gritty sort of game. You know, they were, shots were being made from the outside, but these guys were playing hard on the defensive end as well and bodying each other up. And there is a, a genuine rivalry there. The guys who play for the, the Phoenix, they genuinely, re they really don't like some of these guys from 
the Melbourne United team. No, they don't. Had, I saw bits and pieces of it, and uh, you could you could see you could see it in the way they played. It was a bit chippy, you know, through the game. You could see guys niggling each other a little bit, talking shit. But it was close. Both teams were, were played pretty well. It was close down to the end, near the end, and it was it was kind of a celebration game for Matthew Delvadova because that was his return game to the NBL after you know, being moderately successful in, in the NBA. Yeah, he decided to um, try and stop Mitch, Mitch Creek on a fast break and uh, just describe uh, to the listeners and me, Frank, what your impression of uh, what played out after that, how that went. Well, I mean, the uh, the Mitch Creek dunk, I mean, it, it even got played on American uh, social media. And yeah, he went up for this big dunk. I don't know what, Deladay was thinking he, I don't know if he tried to block it or I don't know what he was thinking, but it ended up being sort of like the LeBron over Jason Terry dunk. It was kind of, it was kind of like that, wasn't it? Because Delhi had no business trying to get in front of Mitch Creek. Mitch Creek goes about six six, but he's very, super athletic, so he can get up, he can throw it down. Delhi was he go six six one or something at best, maybe one hundred eighty five centimeters. You know, he's a small guy, he's a guard, good defender. Like gritty defender, he's not blocking anyone at the rim. What what was he doing, Frank? I I really yeah. Well, yeah, what happened after it? I'll, I'll set you up, right? Mitch has got it on the break. It was kind of to cement the league, uh, the lead that Phoenix had near the end of the game as well. So it kind of had that context to it. Mitch got the ball in the fast break about half court, so he had an open court in front of him. The only person that could get there was Delhi. He's running in front of the hoop, yeah, just above the protected area. Underneath the basket there, Mitch has risen up and sort of leaned in, Jordan-esque sort of style, and Delhi's gone up and tried to block him, and Mitch has just smashed it on Delhi's head. Smashed it on his head. He went flying. Delhi got nowhere near the ball, of course, went <laughs> went flying to the, to the ground. Mitch landed and immediately screamed out. I saw him take a little bit of a look down, but he was just excited about the dunk, yeah? And he was sell- he yelled, he screamed at the top of his lungs. He was really pumped after the dunk. Why don't you take us through what you saw happen after that, Frank? After a dunk like that, you're going you're gonna to have emotions running through you and, you know, he sort of, he flexed a little bit and, uh, yeah, as you said, he yelled out and he's like, just to get any frustration at that or whatever. Uh, but then some cockhead... Yeah, this cockhead uh, Mason Peatling, I think his name is, some pissant from Melbourne United, decided to fucking push him over. He wasn't happy with Creek's reaction to the dunk. Creek was assessed a tech for how he celebrated the dunk. I'm not sure why that came after. Basically, Peatling wasn't part of the play. He wasn't in any way part of the play. Creek had just dunked it on Delhi's head. Delhi had gone flying to the ground. Creek was screaming out. Yeah, the next next minute, bang, he's just been cleaned up from behind, like blindsided by this fucking peatling fucking pussy-ass coward cunt and uh, and cleaned Mitch up. Now, Mitch goes down and you can see the thought crosses his mind. I can literally, I, I've seen the replay a couple of times. He's on the ground and you can see him think, do I just stay down and just take this or what? Nah, I'm not taking that. And he jumps up to the ref's credit. He tries to grab Creek's jersey. To <laughs> slow him down. I thought that was funny because <laughs> that reminded me of, like, that's probably what I would do. Like, if, if I was ever lucky enough to be refing an NBL game and that happened, I'd probably, do, and the guy's trying to retaliate and get something like that to happen, I'd probably try and stop him too. I'd probably try and grab his jersey or something. Had no chance. 
no. of slowing Mitch down. He ran straight over to Pete Ling. By that time, benches had emptied. Everyone was in there. Coaches were in there. Uh, there were no punches thrown or anything, but pretty much a dog act from that Pete Ling. I mean, if it wasn't for him, there would have been none of this You know, afterwards. He shouldn't have got involved and gone, all right, Delhi got dunked on. He's going to fucking yell out and shit. Go on with the game. Yeah, go and tell him what you think of it of, uh, or whatever on your own time when he's running back down to play defense on you or whatever. I've got no problem with guys doing that. But he's come from nowhere and just blindsided. It's like punching someone in the back of the head when they can't see you instead of staying focused on the game. The game was in no way done and dusted at that point. They could have come back. But he was ejected from the game. Peatling was was ejected uh, yeah, after and the arrests reviewed what? it. Rightly so. Of course. That's what else could happen after that. Overall, it wasn't wasn't a violent incident or anything. It only really heightened the rivalry between these two teams. So yeah, it should be pretty fantastic next time they play the NBL. It gets a bit like that. It gets pretty chippy because the refs allow for contact when it's a defender that's playing legal defense. They clearly assess things based on who is initiating the contact and what is the defense. Is the defense in a legal guarding position when the contact occurs? It's purely and simply that when you understand the concept and the way the refs are viewing it, right? It's not that hard for me to understand. I've learned it all. That's literally what it is. So you can be engaged in some contact with someone. People say, oh, he's moving. No, well, if he moves into a position first and he gets his feet down first in that position before the contact occurs. Exactly. Prior. He doesn't He doesn't have to be there for any more than 0.1 of a second, Frank, and that's a charge because that's yep. legal defense. It's yeah. same same as if you're moving backwards. Person with the ball is coming forwards, you're going backwards, and contact occurs. The offensive player is initiating that, so it's not a foul. Yeah, I mean it's exactly the same as you know the, the NBA getting rid of that fucking that stupid rule where you know the three point shooter if he leans into the defender then you know the three point shooter gets to go to the three throw when the yeah offensive they assess player- the foul on the on the defender because. There's the, the, the contact has occurred and they've assessed the defender isn't legally guarding yeah. the player. It's clearly the offensive player creating the contact, taking an unnatural shot motion, expecting a foul to be called on the on the defense. It's not good to watch when te- guys are just trying to jump into the defense and get fouls called for them. And you know what? I, I'd, I'd prefer watching these fucking these hard gritty games over a fucking high scoring game. The high scoring games fucking bore the shit out of me. Give me some fucking defense. Like that's what was played back when I first got into basketball. But now. It's fuck it's all about offense. Like fuck that. Give me give me good hard fucking gritty games. That's why I'm starting to get back in the NBL again because fucking that's what they fucking do. Basketball's played on both ends of the floor. It's not just a offensive showcase or all-star game like you said. That's it. They want to see good offense, but they want to see it done against good defense too, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yep, that's it. And you know what? Fucking get rid of the three-point line. Fuck from the NBA. Fuck that shit off. <laughs> Yeah, we all know that no one's gonna, no one's gonna get close to Curry's record in the end. So if I can just get rid of the three-point line, get back to some basics, bring back the fucking the good big man in the league, bring back short shorts and bucket shots, bring back the old chucks, bad haircuts, bad mustaches, mullets. Beefs and beefs. Speaking of bad, 
there was a pretty bad error that occurred. Was it actually, did this occur during that game between the Phoenix and United? It was, wasn't it? The import for the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, Zhu Chi, who was, he gets called Joe Chi as well, I think. People like call him Joe as well. I can't understand that. Maybe he wants to be referred to as Joe too, but he's correct. Chinese name is Zhu Chi. He's the import for the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. He's their center. He's a big guy, seven foot two. Now, what do you understand about this incident? Do you get across it at all? I didn't hear it, but I read about it. It's not a real good thing to say. Came across as racist. In saying that, I don't believe the announcer had that intent when he said it, but I do agree that it was quite a naive comment to make and a little bit ignorant as well to think, you know, that sort of humour can fly. We're hosting people from everywhere here. We're hosting the whole globe with the NBL now. It's being broadcast everywhere. This is my argument. The main gripe against the NBL is the presentation of it. The presentation still looks quite amateur. Yeah. Compared to even how you see the, the EuroLeague covered and um, all sorts of other leagues all around the world, you know. Uh, people people don't know how good the NBL league is right now. Well, it's some attention needs to be paid on uh, some of these out-of-date things that still exist in the NBL as a league and how it presents itself to the rest of the world. They, I mean, certain things have been updated in terms of presentation, but I think there's a lot of work to be done. And I think this is um, a bit of an indicator of it. The guy, uh, what was his name? I can't even remember. Wayne Peterson. Peterson. Wayne, Wayne Peterson. Wayne Peterson. He's the venue announcer for Melbourne United because this would never happen at the Phoenix. Let me tell you that straight up. Basically, the mistake that the venue announcer made, or from what I understand, is uh, in the NBL – when a player misses two free throws, everyone in the viewing audience, so anyone watching at home or in the stadium at the time watching the game, essentially wins a free item at Hungry Jacks, the major sponsor of the NBL. Let me just say that I hate Hungry Jacks. <laughs> I believe their food is quite shit. Uh, so please do not see this as any sort of endorsement for Hungry Jacks. But basically, yeah, you win a free cheeseburger if the guy misses two free throws. The venue announcer inferred that she probably didn't know what he was talking about. Right. This was the this was the complaint against the announcer. Yeah, he said they probably doesn't understand. Probably doesn't understand what's happening or something like that. Probably doesn't understand English. Is that what he said? Well, it was. I thought it was that that he probably doesn't understand. Not that he sort of referred to any specific thing. I did. I don't think that's. Did he say? Oh, I don't think it was about English. English. I think he just said he probably doesn't understand. I think that's what he said. And there were complaints. The other commentator, um, Leonard Copeland, he basically said, you just looked at him and he said, um, come on, Wayne, sort of, you know, you can't, you basically said, you know, you can't say shit like that. I didn't catch that on the broadcast because, unfortunately, Andrew Gaze and Leonard Copeland sometimes commentate games together, which is what occurred in this game, unfortunately, and I turned those guys off. They're, they're garbage commentators. They, <laughs> I hate the way Gaze talks about games. Goes off on all sorts of tangents, a bit like me on this podcast. Fumbles over words, doesn't construct sentences well. He's off with the fairies half the time. He's not talking about what's actually going on on court in front of him. And he's taking too much of the time away from the guy who's supposed to be announcing doing the play-by-play stuff. He's always talking over that guy. So I turn those guys off. I can't listen to him. So that's why I didn't catch this when it happened. So I didn't catch Leonard saying that. But he obviously drew attention to the comment that was made during the broadcast. More complaints were directed at the club as a result of that. Is that yep. sort of correct? Yeah, that's correct. And he was suspended two games, yeah? Yep. 
Now, please tell me, Bill Woods and Steve Carfina, please tell me they don't commentate games anymore. Man, get those guys back, please. <laughs> I much rather have those guys. I miss those guys compared to who we got there. So actually, some of the young guys that cover the basketball in Australia now are pretty good. Liam Sandmarie is good. He's probably the number one media guy for the NBL in Australia in, in my book. But, um, yeah, races cunt at Melbourne United there. Would never happen at the Phoenix. We welcome everybody from everywhere and don't assume anyone doesn't understand things. Yeah, another reason to hate Melbourne United. Arseholes. I, I, I even hate the name of the team, Melbourne United. It's a, it sounds like a fucking soccer team. That's what they're sort of going for, and they hijacked the Melbourne Tigers' history as well. Like, they claim that as being part of the same thing, and I, I was quite disillusioned with, with Melbourne basketball in particular. I still watch the NBL, but I couldn't go for anyone in Melbourne for a time there because I felt like I didn't have a team. United wasn't my team. Tigers were my team. Yeah. And then they went. So it's kind of shit. Just like Matt has for this episode. He's gone. Uh, apparently he's uh, he's got a stick or a broom and he's poking the dead people out from the nets at the Boston Celtics. <laughs> come down, fucking come down. He's analysing the rotting corpses of the former net technicians at the TD Garden. I don't think he's going to last long. Though. I don't think they sell ice break in Boston, so he'll yeah. be catching the first plane back. If it's if it's any other milk drink, it won't be able to hold him. No. All right, mate. I think we'll leave it there for this week, yeah? Crapped on yeah. long enough. I do have a, a quick update. Uh, now, remember, I don't know if you got to see many of the halftime shows in the NBA the last couple of years, but uh, there was an old guy who used to stack a whole heap of chairs. And yeah, just, the chair guy, yeah, the, yeah. The chair guy. We just we just used to call him the chair guy. I just I did a bit of hunting around. Yep. And he's he's still getting around. He's keeping fit and and doing exercises. So uh, he's basically on call to come back and uh, to entertain us with his chair climbing antics. You should be able to get that guy for the NBL. Well, that'd be great. The NBL hasn't cottoned onto that yet. Do something cool like that at halftime. What do they do at halftime? It varies depending on where you are, I guess. If you're in one of the big cities, you might get a bit of a performance or something by someone or it's the cheerleaders, you know. Either yeah. a, sometimes they got a group of school-age kids there, you know, doing some dance routine. Okay. It's all pretty whack. Yeah. yeah. It's nothing, nothing cool like a chair balancing guy. I saw the halftime at that OKC New Orleans game was a lady balancing all umbrellas with her feet. Uh, oh, that's a bit different. You know, they were kind of like those paper parasols. You know, those little umbrellas you have in 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 fancy drinks. <laughs> yeah, they were, they were like those umbrellas, but like you know, actual life size umbrellas that you would use. She was flipping them around and uh, on her feet while you know holding some with her hands and stuff. It looked pretty cool. Doesn't sound cool when I describe it, but uh, believe me, it it was cool. <laughs> Endorsed by Rodney E. Got nothing on the chair guy though. No. Well, he's, he's like fucking 70 years old or something now, so that's pretty good for a 70-year-old guy. Fuck yeah. He's a legend, and we should lobby the NBL to get him as the staple halftime act of the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. That would make me very happy. Yes. All right, mate, let's get out of here. Thanks for listening to the Garbage Time Basketball Podcast. Minus one. Uh, hopefully me and the Oracle here did justice. Uh, probably not. It's probably a bit, a bit boring. For some people, without Matt's dulcet tones threaded through there, did you, did you miss him, Frank? Always miss Matt. He's always, uh, yeah, I miss his voice, and oh, that sounds a little bit gay, doesn't it? Not that there's anything wrong with that, but 
No, you feel, mate. It's 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 totally fine. It's all good. <laughs> no, I mean it's always have you know it's always better to have all us three here doing the podcast. So his uh, his knowledge into the game is always well rounded and got a high knowledge of the game. So you know he's he's always missed. Let's hope those Boston Nets <laughs> don't strangle the life out of the poor guy. Uh, so it's goodbye from me, Rodney E. Goodbye from the Oracle. We'll talk at you next week about some more basketball shiz. Cheers. Cheers.